the Coast Breakfast Catch-Up. Today we talked about reasons you're late to work and mine involved a petrol pump and a yellow light. Right. And I went a bit whingy and um, I got myself caught in a bank hole. Uh, the hole between the phone and the actual physical bank is not an easy place to get out of. <laughs> and there's been a movie that's been described as as good as Forrest Gump, The Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile. We'll tell you what it is. You can watch, uh, add it to your watch list. And also, the most incredible happened to me uh, thing happened to me at a barbecue. Someone told me a story about an outrageous mugging that didn't happen when they didn't get mugged themselves. It's a crazy story. You know those mornings where you just feel like the world is against you? <laughs> yes. I had one of those this morning. I First of all, I woke up from a very deep sleep and I'd done a workout yesterday and I was really sore, so I was like this old woman trying to arch myself out of bed. Mm. And I've got a shoot today, so I had to do more makeup than usual. Then I forgot my mascara. Then I hopped in the car <laughs> and the yellow light was dinging at me. And I was like, oh, I'm already running late. Now I have to go and get some petrol. Okay, that's fine. Let's just go get some petrol. So I pull into the BP. Couldn't remember which side the petrol cap's on as normal. There's an arrow. There's an arrow. You tell me that every time and every time I forget that. (laughs) So I had to, uh, I parked, then I looked and it was on the wrong side. So then I reparked. No. (laughs) And then I hopped out of the car and I went round to the petrol cap to do my usual push the petrol cap and it opens. And it wouldn't open. It's like... Is this, and then it flashed through my mind, is this the car where you, because we've, this is relatively new, I've only had it for a year, the van. I was like, does the van petrol cap push? And I kept pushing it and it wasn't coming open. So I was like, oh, it mustn't be. So I hopped back in the car. I was like, all right, where is the button that opens the petrol cap? (laughs) Nothing to be seen. By now, the the, the attendant, is this a stolen car? Yeah, like they're (laughs) looking out at me and I'm going in and out of my car like a psycho. And he's like, what is that woman up to? (laughs) Then I get to the point where I can't find it. So I'm like, no, it must be a push cap. And I went, ah, I know why the push cap's not opening. It must be one of those electronic things. And I still had the car in neutral. So I was like, ah, you must have to put it in park. So I put it in park, handbrakes all on. I go back round and the damn thing still wouldn't push open. I, by this stage, I'm like, oh, maybe it's jammed. So I start to get my fingers to try and wrench <sighs> it, it open. Oh, <laughs> wow. And it's not coming. I'm like, no, this, this is definitely not happening. And then what do I do? I'm like, I'm desperate. I'm late for work. And I ring my husband, wake him up, and I'm like, where is the petrol button to open the cap? He goes, it's a push open. I said, no, it is not. The car isn't in park. I've tried to open this cap. It is not opening. By this stage, I'm just getting so irate and annoyed. And he goes, he's like, not at him, just at the situation. <laughs> I know the problem. He's like, no, Tony, it is a push open. You've, you've done something wrong. Go put it back in park. I said, the car is in park. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm on my phone and I'm in the petrol thing. I don't think I'm meant to be. So, like, stolen car so I was like, okay, thanks for the help. Bye. Then I went back round to my car and then Matt, Matt rings me again and he said, you have to unlock the car to be open the petrol. I said, what do you mean unlock the car? My door's wide open. It's clearly unlocked. And so I pushed the unlock button, went back around and the cap popped open. Do you have to do Is that a thing? Apparently that's a thing. I didn't know that was but a thing. But by this stage, I've got a half-bent <laughs> petrol cap opener. Have you bent No, it? I haven't. No, I haven't. And a crowbar on the other hand. I'll get this thing one way or a bloody another. And you know what? Well, what? To top it off, then I go into the petrol station. He says, do you have your AA card? I was like, no, I do not. <laughs> Feel good with Tony, Jace and Sam's Coast Breakfast Cancher. Together forever except for bedtime because that's apparently what Benji Marshall and his wife Zoe do every night. They sleep in separate beds and they've been doing this for like 13 years. Yeah. So it doesn't mean they're not intimate. It just means they have completely separate bedrooms. How not just it? beds, bedrooms. How does that work then? That's like my nana and granddad who were in the 80s. Let's not think about how it works then. 
No, 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 well, I've got not, I don't think they've both got single beards. They've probably got super kings each. Yeah, so you just float on into the other person's room and then leave. I guess it's a knock on the door. I don't know I how it works. It was I don't rude know. to leave that straight after. I remember reading about. <laughs> no, you didn't. I remember reading about this and their whole theory. Yeah, yeah. Don't pretend you here. Um, <laughs> chivalry over here. No, no, no. <laughs> um, their whole theory was it makes them feel like they're boyfriend and girlfriend as opposed to being married for twelve years, husband and wife. Okay, well, I don't know about makes you feel boyfriend or girlfriend. Makes you feel like you're having a one night stand, doesn't it? No, not necessarily. I think well, the thing is with the same person every night. And a lot, of, and a lot of people do swear by this. This came out last year. A lot of people they call it like a sleep divorce. And what you do is when it's sleepy time, you go to your own time, your own place, because you sleep better. If someone snores or maybe they're working yeah. different hours to you, it kind of makes sense. No, it I think. does make sense. Like I'm a real tosser and a turner. <laughs> Are you? Did you and just say I'm a real tosser on here? <laughs> I did hear that. Clip and, that up. I know, and I know that that, that upsets my partner's sleep. I just know. And we've put a poll. That and we, I'm, I'm blown away by the results. So this is what we asked: Do you sleep with your partner? Uh, these are the results. Always sleeping with my partner, 64%. 20% of people normally uh, together, but sometimes apart. And 16% always separate rooms and beds. So only 64% of people are always sleeping together at 36% night. 36% of people do Don't. not. Or right. have tried it before. The Coast Breakfast Catch-Up with Tony, Jace, and Sam. And if you're waking up this morning, are you waking up in a separate, we- uh, separate bed or the same bed as your partner? Because Benji Marshall, you know, the league player, and his wife Zoe Marshall, the broadcaster, they said they've been married, what, 12, 13 years. They've got a couple of kids, but they sleep in separate rooms all the time. And even when they go on holiday, it's expensive because they hire different rooms. Yeah, and oh, they've been... Whoa. That, see, that's that's quite full on, isn't it? I agree. That's I get it at level. home, but and these people are young. Like they started doing this, I think, in their late twenties. Yeah, yeah. You're either into it or you're not. You know, like, I, I understand the theory, but I quite like having someone next to me. I hate not having someone. Yes. Yeah, well, here, come here. Sleeping next to someone you love helps you fall asleep faster, reduces depression, and helps you live longer. They've done studies on this. Yeah, there you go. So their theory is flawed. Well, not necessarily. I think I think it's one or the other. You know, if someone's disturbing your sleep, it can go too far the other way. And that's just it. You do it for your own self. Your sleep's you so important. you just give them a good old whack and they <laughs> stop snoring. Ash, what about you guys? Are you separate beds or single beds uh, uh, together? Well, you get it right. I, um, no, this week it's separate beds, but it's normally um, sleep together. Why this week? So is there, is what's everything, special? Is everything okay? <laughs> I'll put her in hospital Monday at 6.30. Uh, why? <laughs> yeah, they didn't sound right, did it? No, uh, um, she had to get a wheel alignment hip replacement. Oh, okay. So, um, as soon as the hips healed, will she be back in bed? Oh well, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, well, it could be up and down for the first week or so. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> I know I'm terrible. I uh, paid for it and got changed too. <laughs> okay. So that's a no, but that's a nice thing. That's, that's very gentleman of you. If you have a hip replacement, you do separate beds. I get that. That's fine. Yes, yeah, I think so. And like, if you're in a big old moon boot, you've just broken your leg, you and you and you want as much space as you can get, can't you? Yeah, exactly. But but, we, but, but let's just say you're not injured. But a, but a lot of people, a lot of people texting through say, saying the same thing that you know it's separate beds. Sixty four percent of the people on the poll are sleeping together, but that's just over half together. I'd, so yeah, you, I'm surprised. We, by we're that. all in our thirties, forties. Yeah. If you were sleeping in separate bags now, I would take that as a failure of my marriage. I'm just would you saying, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would too. I'd be like, something's not quite right at home if I was in a different <laughs> like, we've aged so early, you know? This, this is yeah. exactly goes, neither lol, we've been working night shift, but when I get home together, 13 years together, seven years married, which is fantastic. But again, the night shift thing, ships in the night. Yeah, The bed's totally. always Actually, one person in it. this morning when I woke up early, I woke Matt up. Maybe he'd prefer not to have me there. Maybe you should try it. 
He's texted her. I bag a big bed. <laughs> He's texted her about four times saying definitely. <laughs> you can go on the kid's little single bed. He's sick of taking shots to the rib. You know how when you go to like a barbecue or a subtle like a social setting and you meet someone and you get the most fascinating stories from this new person you met, right? I love it when people slap you between the eyes with a story and you go, You're an interesting person. Yes. <laughs> this, totally. this happened to me during a holidays, right? So we're uh, friends of ours, Scott and Lana, they had this barbecue. And there's a guy there, one of Lana's workmates. Now, I know Scott and Lana, but I didn't know the workmate. So he's telling the story, he goes, man, almost got mugged the other night. I'm like, wow, wow. tell me that story. What happened? So he's listening to Bob Marley, right? Just listen to Bob Marley before he starts getting hungry. <laughs> yeah. Who is this guy you're fraternising with? <laughs> I think I know him. <laughs> yeah. I do, don't I? <laughs> I think you might. So anyway, um, so he goes, so I'm listening to Bob Marley, <clears throat> getting quite hungry. Decide, I need to go to get something to eat. Can't drive, so I'll go for a walk to the petrol station. Are we believing this guy at this point? Yeah, I am. Because <laughs> the, the way the guy is telling the story, and his eyes were glassed over, I thought, yeah, I believe you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, he goes, so I go for a walk, and I'm walking along, and, you know, the world seems amazing, and this guy comes up to me with no shirt on, goes, give me your wallet. And he's like, well, I'm not giving you my wallet. He goes, give me your wallet. And he goes, I'm not giving you a wallet. I'll give you a hug. So the guy who'd been listening to Bob Marley is just in love with the world, gives this guy a hug. The guy starts, like, holding on to him for ages, didn't want to let go of the hug, and just let him go. He said, yeah, have oh a really nice goodness. night. So love stopped him from getting mugged. He gave the guy a hug instead of getting mugged. I thought that was going to end with him squeezing so hard he cracked his ribs. No, I mean, it was probably a, a like squeezy squeeze hug. Squeeze the wallet out of his pocket. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. I thought he was going to pickpocket him. Like, you know. is, isn't that incredible? So, and, he, and then he left the petrol station after getting his cheesels and munchies and whatever he got, saw the guy again and gave him a wave, and that was the rest of the Jace, night. I don't think I like the moral of this story. Why? Because I think what he did before he did the hug is what the moral of the story is. And I don't know if that's a message we want to be pushing. I, as, as the new host of 107 Aotearoa, don't <laughs> advise hugging criminals. <laughs> they are new year there for a reason. Tony Street, Jace Reeves and Sam Wallace, the Coast Breakfast Catch-Up. So Mother's Day this coming weekend, right? And there's a really simple question, mums, with or without the kids? With or without kids. <laughs> well done, Jace. When you uh, <laughs> thank you. When you um when you think about your perfect day, Tony Street, as the only mum in this room, Mother's Day, would you rather have it alone, but a peace time, but a pampering time, but a you time, or with the kids all over you, giving you squeezes and hugs and giving you homemade gifts? It's actually really, really easy because I feel like if the kids aren't with you, you're not really celebrating Mother's Day. That's right. how I feel. I mean, these many days where you can just have time on your own, but on Mother's Day, that's the day where I want to be showered with all the loves oh, from my do. little loves. Oh, yeah, I really do. Loves. And it's the cutest because they, they try so hard. They like make you the cold toast and it's hilarious. And then they've got their card and they're like, do you like that picture? And I'm like, of what? What are we <laughs> What are we looking at? Like all of those moments to me yeah. say Mother's Day. And if they weren't there, I think I'd be quite lonely. Really? Even That's if I nice. was at the day spa getting a massage. Okay. <laughs> I think... Um, I think it must be an age stage thing because I reckon if you gave my partner or my wife now, Sarah, that option, she would be out the door like a greyhound. Well, do you know what? She actually hasn't had many Mother's Days with the twins. No, she hasn't. Yeah, so but I reckon I reckon you might be wrong there. I reckon, reckon if she was just off, she'd be like, oh, 
Because part of Mother's Day is being acknowledged, and if no one's there to acknowledge you, yeah, I get God, it. it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, I know. I, I maybe think... she could go for the spa in the afternoon. I think, that, I think she would like a bit of both, maybe. Maybe that's the perfect <laughs> Mother's hey, Day. Is there a box to tick for both? <laughs> no, no. So that's the thing, I've, I've got a mate of mine when it comes to Father's Day, right, and he's only in his, what, early mid-40s. He prefers to have the day by himself. He goes out mountain biking or he'll go play golf by himself. He just wants a day to himself. And I, and I only look around the mums. Mums, if anyone deserves a day to themselves, it's mum. Mm. So let's pretend that there's no grey area. If you're a mum, you have to choose, choose one, a day yeah. without the kids completely or with them. It's a great question. Yeah, so it's going to be with or without the kids. Mother's Day, what did you prefer? Catch up and feel good with Tony, Jace and Sam. Mother's Day the Sunday. So if you're a mum, you'd rather share the day with the kids or without the kids. But a quiet time for yourself or being pampered and loved and cuddled. And we've got some stats here. I'm not going to tell you what these are until we hear from a few people, but I'm definitely in the with the kids camp. There's lots of other days I could be on my own. That day is about our connection. That's what I reckon. Sure, yeah. okay. Cheryl, what about you? With or without the kids, what do you prefer? I've got older children, so yeah. definitely with the kids. I've got one in London who I haven't seen for three oh, years, yeah. so I'm still waiting to see her. Oh. Um, the other one lives up in Auckland. I'm in Waikato, so get to see her. I haven't seen her since Christmas, so... Yeah, and we get to spend it with my mum and dad, and my sister's coming down, so it's sort of, yeah, several lots of mothers plus my godmother. I oh. love that. You make a real occasion yeah. of it, Sharon. That's how you do it, I reckon. It's really cool. Good on you, Sharon. Happy Mother's Day for this Sunday too, by the way. Linda, what about you? With or without the kids, what do you prefer? Uh, now my kids are older, definitely with the kids. <laughs> when they were younger, without. What age does it yeah. switch, do you reckon? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe... Maybe those early teens. I was going to say the teen years, eh? <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much, Linda. Have a good Mother's Day. Okay. Cheers. Bye. Got, got a text from Sarah here. In an ideal world, both, and I agree, <laughs> but I also think it depends if you work full-time or stay at home with your children. Oh, yeah. So true. When I was at home all day with the three children, my Mother's Day was always about time to myself to recharge. Now that I'm working full-time, I'd love to spend the whole day with them. So it, it, it can come down to that, can't it? You're and so that right. is also the, the age of the children. Because often when they're super, super young, you so might be true. at home. And, and staying at home all day, I said, and Sarah, it is exhausting. It is so hard. Wow. But then the, the flip side of that is that you're not with your kids through the day, which is equally hard. And that's right. Know? All through the lockdowns. There's several lockdowns. A lot of homeschooling. A lot of mums this Mother's Day in particular will be like, you know what? I just want a day to myself. Yeah. Heather, what about you? Um, I like to spend it with my kids. So we actually just changed it to the Sunday just then. So I've already had mine because... My family do duck shooting and all that sort of stuff, so they're oh, away. Yes, of course, of it's course. It's so good of you to move. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm happy to do it because I would rather have it with them. So I got a nice handmade card with lots of beautiful writing in it and my son had actually biked down to the end of the road where um, a lady set, does, like, street sales of flowers and he bought me some flowers. Oh, and, yeah, my daughter had biked into town and bought me a dressing gown and stuff so it was really nice because they actually put a lot of thought into it and I really appreciate that because we try to raise our kids to be a better version of ourselves so Totally. That's all I could ever hope for. You're amazing. What an incredible yeah. mum. Do you know what? I'm now going to be looking at the gifts the kids give me on the weekend and be like, is this a better version of me? <laughs> <laughs> Have they nailed it? Hey, no, <laughs> to this Mother's Day. Uh, all the very best for Mother's Day. You've earned it. And if you're going to be missing your mum for whatever reason, then I hope that, you know, when you think of your mum, it makes you smile. The Coast Breakfast Catch-Up with Tony, Jace and Sam. And they reckon it's easy to fall in love when you look at people over the age of 50.
because there's a, a dating app for this as well. So I think it's called Our Time. There's a dating app for people over 50, and they've done a poll on this dating app. Sexiest celebrities over 50. Oh. Go. Who do you reckon? Oh, sexiest celebs over 50. Oh, it's easy for me. J-Lo. Look at J-Lo. You wouldn't even think she is over 50. Mm. She's so incredible. True. Uh, True. Liz Hurley is a goodie. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston, I think. Yep. Yeah. Um, but then you, you, you got your Brad Pitts, your George Clooney's and things. Oh, done it's, it's men as well. It's men as well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, men. So, so Brad Pitt came at number six, number six on the list. Now, he was beaten by Nicole Kidman at number five. I wouldn't describe Nicole Kidman as sexy. I think she's a beautiful woman. Yeah, but she's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, George Clooney, number four. Yep, yeah, he's yep, sexy. that's fair. Jennifer Aniston, number three. Yep. Yep. Yeah, something not right there, though. No. You, don't, you don't reckon? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth? <laughs> wow, wow. We're having a crack at Jennifer Aniston. She hasn't been much perfect. She hasn't locked out a party for a long time. That's that could I'm be saying. all sorts of problems. I Who knows? Know. Okay, Elizabeth Hurley, number two. Second sexiest person over the age of 50. Number one, the sexiest person in the world over the age of 50. Well, none of us have got this right. Kylie Minogue. Kylie Minogue. 53, do you? Oh, yeah, she's my type. Short, blonde. If you Google Kylie now at 50 and J-Lo, you tell me J-Lo's being ripped off. Do you reckon? <laughs> yes. Oh, no, this Kylie's got something, man. She's just she's just got it. I reckon George Clooney actually would be. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to say it out loud, that's all. <laughs> One of us has been offered a huge honour, but it comes with a price and a big decision, Tony Street. <laughs> it does. Have you ever, have a think, have you ever had your name on a trophy, not on the receiving end, oh. but on the giving end? Like, you are the sponsor of the of the cup. Oh, like the, the you know, the, the Love Lock Cup or yes, something like that, you that. know? Oh, well, no, absolutely not. It's happened to me now twice in my life. Has it really? Yeah. So the first time it happened was back when I was at school. And generally what happened year after year, if you were the head girl, you sponsored a trophy for the following year. Okay. And so I had to come up with something. And it was actually quite hard because there's been a lot of trophies. You know, the school's been operating right, a long I was, time. I was head boy. I wouldn't have to do that, thankfully. Yeah. So I, in, in the end, I ended up giving a trophy for uh, support of the head girl. So the person who has been the biggest help because... At our school, we had to do everything. We had to do all the speeches. We had to cheer the council. We had yeah. to organise the school ball. Yeah. Like, it was quite a major. It is. It's a big job. But you then, would, you, you, I, I play in the after party of the ball. <laughs> I can imagine you being a person that would get that trophy supporting another. <laughs> it would just be you. <laughs> so, fast forward, how many how many years since I was 18? Th- 20 years. And I've now got another trophy oh, wow, well, with well, my well name on it, guys. Do you? So, as you know, the two girls, they dance. And we got an email from the organisers of our dance school and they were doing their own competition. Mm -hmm. And they said, would you like to sponsor one of the trophies to everyone? And I went back probably a little late and said, yeah, yeah, I will. It was only $75. I thought that was actually quite reasonable. Okay. I was thinking, oh no, it's probably going to be a grant. I'm oh. not going to do that. But it was. <laughs> Get your name on the trophy. It's worth yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, sh- and so they said to me, we have three trophies left to sponsor. I thought, oh, okay. So these were my option. It was either pre teen dance team of the year, open choreography award, or the ethics trophy, which is given to the dance school or oh, a- academic school good. who's shown the best sportsmanship. What was the second one again? I'll go with that. Choreography. Oh, I see. No, I'll go team of the year. 
Which one are you going for? I <laughs> went for the ethics trophy. The ethics? Yeah. Well, it's, it's oh, good. one that it's no one nice wants. <laughs> 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 you had to explain. We have the ethics trophy. It's the only How? trophy that people look disappointed when they win. <laughs> Stop it! No, I mean, it's a good, no, it's a good thing. I think okay. eth- you've got to be ethical. I get yeah, that. Know. Absolutely. You've got to have good ethics. But when you get that trophy, people are going to ask questions. So Here's my problem. Here's my problem. And this is when I start to rue the decision I made on my wedding day not to change my name. Oh, so, yeah. So, so, so now, because my two daughters dance, clearly it has to be the France Family Cup. Because oh, that's yeah. their surname. But no one's going to associate that with me, are they? You get no credit. No credit. Because <laughs> oh. you're 75 no bucks. Credits. Oh, you got to make it really clear. It needs to be Tony Street, X7 <laughs> Sharp presenter, Ethics <laughs> Cup. <laughs> Feel good with Tony, Jace and Sam's Coast Breakfast Cancer. Listen to the music, but don't listen to the haters. And that's a big message every day, but especially at the moment to our friend Nadia Lim, who we caught up with yesterday. But I think we should do it again today. Yeah, well, when someone that we love and care about gets cracked on, we have to stand up and say it's unacceptable. Not okay. So, so tell us what you think about this. So basically, a Kiwi rich lister called Simon Henry. He Founder of, and CEO of Specialty Chemicals. Yeah. Uh, which they, they DGL. Come, DGL. Yeah. So he's uh, done an interview with the National Business Review. And as part of that, he's had a bit of a crack at the company My Food Bag and uh, them being publicly listed. That's not the issue. Sure. The issue is... Attack the business, that's fine. Yep. But he goes too far. He's had a personal attack on Nadia Lim. Listen to this. He says this. I can tell you, and you can quote me, when you've got Nadia Lim, when you've got a little bit of Eurasian fluff in the middle of your prospectus with a blouse unbuttoned showing some cleavage, and that's what it takes to sell your script, then you know you're in trouble. Now, that is horrendous. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And anyone that knows Nadia Lim, in fact, that wouldn't be okay about anyone, but especially not Nadia Lim. Nadia, you must have been... So peeved off when you read this. Um, uh, yeah, I was. <laughs> it is pretty offensive, um, you know. Um, but more than anything, I was just kind of really sad and disappointed. Not for me, but for other people who might see themselves in those comments. Um, like I, I had time to reflect on it when I was catching my flight yesterday down from Christchurch to Queenstown, and the air hostess. Uh, on my Air New Zealand flight, was a, a, a young um, woman of Asian descent, you know, much like myself. And um, we were sitting opposite each other, and I looked at her and smiled, and she smiled back. And it suddenly, it just, like, dawned on me. I was like, I wonder what she feels when she reads comments or hears things like that. Like, does, over time, you know, does does it make people then think that they're somehow less capable, um, have less to less to give, you know, mm. um, and that they're less valuable? It's just real flippant, casual mm. remarks and comments like that, that over time, um, especially with our young people who haven't had the, the years and support and opportunities to build up confidence and resilience, that it can really be very damaging to them. So more than anything, I was just sad and disappointed that mm. someone in his position that could be used for so much influence and, and power to to you know celebrate diversity inclusion didn't use his potential to do so. It's funny That's how you such can such a missed opportunity. Yeah. It's such a missed opportunity. It's amazing yeah. how you you the type of person that can see reason in, in in a situation that would make so many people angry. What would you like to say to Simon Henry? Because you don't want to get angry, do you? you, you I heard you no. on um, the news before just saying that you want to you want to have a conversation. Yeah, well, I think, you know, it's always, you, you can never, it's, I, I don't believe in um, trying to kill hate with, with hate. Like, that's just not me, and it never works. No, love always wins. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think it's just, you know, I, I would just 
sit him down and, you know, have a corero with him. And, and I mean, he'd very quickly see that, no, I'm definitely not a little bit of Eurasian fluff. Fluff, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Anything but. I mean, you are, <clears throat> excuse me, wildly successful at what you do. Yeah, you're so, so smart. Loved, you're so loved at what you do as well. And so, yeah. I, I, I'm, and entrepreneurial as well, like yeah, with yeah, everything yeah. you're doing on that farm too. And can we also just point out that the, the ridiculousness of him saying the unbuttoned blouse. Oh, yeah. He wow. clearly has not seen cleavage before because that was not scandalous in I think, I think I'm showing more cleavage today, to be honest. You are, Jace. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that was really bizarre. I actually thought, I was like, maybe he was intoxicated. <laughs> well, you know, we are always proud of you. We love you and uh, and we got you back. And, and I'm, I'm so glad. Oh, once you, once again, you say so much about yourself. You've taken the high road, Nadia, and we love you for that. Tony Street, Jace Reeves and Sam Wallace. The Coast Breakfast Catch-Up. If I could turn back time, honestly, I would turn back to what was it, the 18th of March, back at the Duke of Marlborough and Russell, their waterfront hotel there, right on the lawn there. Beautiful ceremony where Sam became a husband, put that ring on. And you had no kids there and neither did I. No, we did. <laughs> and I think it's time, uh, you know, it's almost two months now since we got married and it's time to reflect on it. And the, the funny thing is about getting married, so many people say, ah, it's just a piece of paper, isn't it? You know, I bet you don't feel any different. I'm pretty sure that's what you used to say that's before what I you used got to married. Say. I was, you did. Do you know what? This whole thing, and uh, it, it's meant a lot more to me than I actually thought it would. So the first part of it is the vows. I know you have seen enough sunrises to last a lifetime, so I can't wait to spend the rest of my lifetime watching the sunsets with you. Give me your hand and I'll give you forever. Although I've kissed you nearly every day for 10 years, today's kiss is just a little different because today I get to kiss you, Sarah Wallace, my wife. Formalities. Oh, I still get the tingles. I'm up yeah. again. I bore my ass day. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, like the formal- formalities are not something that we do a lot in, in modern life. We skip through it. And I think it was so nice and so special with the, the pace of life just to actually stop, reflect on the time we spent together and make promises to each other. Now, that whole aspect of the, the marriage um, did more for me than I thought it would. Um, the other thing, though, and, and this is, if you haven't got married, this is the other thing you don't understand, attendance. Having everyone turn up and you see them roll into the wedding, you see them when you're walking down, the, well, when Sarah's walking down the aisle, that validates your relationship. There's people from, you know, your past and, and more recent friends are turning up to celebrate your day and and that was very validating for me. Um, and and I think the party is the glue that binds everything together. And that party, when we partied all together, it really put a, just a stamp, put a rubber seal right on our on our relationship and our and and our marriage. And and that was the the third part to just complete the cycle. So happily married, two months in, and just um, if you if you're considering getting married, why not? It's a wonderful time. Look at this convert. Yeah. Welcome to the club. Our watch list today, um, a suggestion for you of what you should be watching. Write it down for the weekend. And if you've already seen this film, then this song here will give you all the feels. So that song there is a key song in the film Coda. And Sammy and I have watched it yeah. and we cannot rave enough. Yeah, it's, it's on Apple TV at the moment. And I'm going to go as far as to say it's one of the best films ever made. It's up there with The Green Mile. It's up there with Forrest Gump. It is just 
impeccable. The music, eh? I've seen the trailer for this, and Sam, when you said this, it's like, surely not. But you're right, it's won a couple of Academy Awards already just a few weeks ago. It's won three. So it won Best Picture at the Academy Awards, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Adapted Screenplay. And here's the thing, a musical is being developed for this. It's going to be a stage show as well. It's that good, apparently. And you can see why, because the music is one of the things that hooks you in straight away. Right. And you're listening to Coast, so you in particular will love this. Yeah, you'll know all the songs. You will know all the songs. So the whole premise, Coda actually means child of deaf adult. So the whole premise of the movie, and it's all centred around um, the actress Amelia Jones, and she is the only hearing member of her family, and it's her journey. It's their fishing business. How they negotiate that as a family when three of the other members cannot hear. That's right. And she has the most incredible singing voice, and that is her passion and her love. And of course, her deaf family doesn't know how great she is. So it's that contrast between, you know, uh, sticking with the family fishing business or going and living your own life. Right, because in the trailer, again, that's all I've seen, you you see the parents at a concert, the the daughter's singing it, and of course they can't hear, they see everyone standing up clapping, so they're like, oh, I guess we should clap. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it it really pulls on the heartstrings between wanting to um, have your own dreams, but also your dedication and your commitment to your family and how those two things can sometimes be at odds with each other. Totally. There is a moment in this film where a man holds a girl's throat and it is the most powerful moment I have ever seen in cinema. It is Really? In, it's in honestly, a good way? In a good way. Oh, know, okay. Are you sure? Just, I'm serious and it just buckles you over. You sit there, you try not to cry, but you can't hold you it You know back. I cried that ad with the dog with the one leg. Jace, and the guy you're in big trouble. Oh, I'm going to bore my eyes out during this. You're in big trouble. So it's Coda and at the moment it's Apple TV you yeah. watch it on. I want to do this. There are plenty of pretty voices with nothing to say. Do you have something to say? Oh, I'm going to bore my eyes out. I know it. Yeah, <laughs> get it on your watch list. The Coast Breakfast Catch-Up with Tony, Jace and Sam. 10-7 Aotearoa, Police 10-7 starting over. So a new title and a new co-host in Sam Wallace. But let's chat with the OG. Let's chat with the big boss, shall we? Detective Senior Sergeant Rob Lamoto. Hello. Good morning, team. How are you? We're really good, thank you. You must be excited beyond words about your new co-host. <laughs> well, my wife was because she's a big fan of Tony. <laughs> <laughs> say hi to her from me. That's a lovely thing to say. Fair enough. She loved your book too, mate. She loved it. Oh, it's a good book. That's nice. Very nice. <laughs> what were your th- first thoughts, Rob, when uh, that you heard someone with such high profile was jo- joining the show? No, Tony didn't join. It was you. Oh, that's right. It was me. Yeah, I was excited, but then Tony didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit like, oh, that's all right. But then when you got the gig, mate, I wasn't exactly upset, you know? Yeah. Well, I think we I think we've got on particularly well from the get go. Um, it's been fun, you know, hasn't it? I remember it? you running around TVNZ dressed as a carrot and a pencil and everything else under the sun when I first started. Um, <laughs> when I first started with the show, because I came through for breakfast and a, and a few other interviews, and I always thought this chap is prone to doing anything. So kind of interesting. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my thoughts when I got um, the chance to go for the show is how full must Rob's schedule be that he needs some help. And is that what it's pretty much come down to? <laughs> no, nah, not at all, mate. Uh, there was a refresh because, unlike anything, you know, it was, uh, we've made some changes over the years. So when Graham started, and you know, Graham had a huge following uh, because he was all about uh, scumbags and mongrels, and, and you know, he was retired from police, so he could focus on it full time. As you know, Sam, I'm still in the job. You know, I'm, I'm still running teams and chasing bad people around New Zealand. So it was great getting you on board, and it was a you know the refresh. You know, it was certainly uh, something that I, when I saw it, I thought this is going to be interesting. And when they named you as co-host, 
I thought, well, here's someone with a lot of energy and, and you know, and who sort of connects with the community and certainly uh, not a bad thing, but obviously we'll, we'll see. The new oh. format will start tonight. Yeah, it does indeed. Um, for our promo shots, that's very nice. Thank you for your kind words. For our promo shots, though, <laughs> we had to do the shot, you know, uh, what's the movie where the girls go back to back with the guns? Uh, uh, Charlie's back Angels. Charlie's Angels. Yeah. And, and I, you know, we were standing there back to back for our promo shots and, 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 and Rob didn't have his pretend gun up, but I did and Rob just quietly leaned over and just put that one away, my friend. <laughs> just <yeah>. calm down. <laughs> hey, I've got a question for you, Rob. When you found out that Sam was your co-host, be honest, did you just do a little police check before you gave him the tick of approval? <laughs> I think you already know that he's a, he's a well-known personality, so I don't have to do any checking. And to be fair, I had uh, confidence in the team when they said that they were going to uh, look at introducing a co-host and uh, look at changing some things up. I think uh, we, we have a lot of stories to tell in the police, not just, um, you know, not just catching uh, people who are up to no good. And I think uh, the introduction of a co-host was to sort of cover off that uh, to, you know, to work with some of your reality, and I, I think it's really good. I think it's a, you know, it's a great chance to, um, to showcase what we actually do. We do a lot of things in the police. You know, we have youth aid, we have youth education, our community work. You know, our specialist team. So no, it'll be good. And it's, um, you know, to, to be honest, we had a bit of a laugh during our promo. Um, seems good for a laugh, and I, and the police, we like to have a bit of a giggle when we can relax. And we, there were occasions. In the promo shoot where I was like a dad, and I said, "No, mate, we're not doing that." Oh, it's like I <laughs> we have a know twin. the feeling. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> hey, the good news is I know, I know your wife is a big fan of Tony's book, but Sam also has a book too. It's called Dougie <laughs> the Buggy. So he'll bring you a copy <laughs> of the first shoot. Thanks for the vote of confidence on the police check. Uh, screen time gave me one. Don't worry. <laughs> Life begins at 41. You're going to have so much fun. Oh, yes. Are you having fun, though, Sam? Yeah, well, I've got a double winch today. Let's do it. Let's see if we can get both. And the first one is the banking vortex. Because the levels have changed, but the banks still won't let you go into the banks. Why will do they? you need to go into a bank? I need to change your credit card. And there's just, I, I need to line stuff up for the accountant. So You can do that online. No, it's easier to do it with a conversation because then they start to ask you to, to, to sign documents, don't they? And no one knows how to sign a document. DocuSign. It's so hard. But no, you're you right. are if, acting if, like you're 17 No, but, right but if you're a credit card, you actually have to go in there, put your pin in there and sign it. You've yeah, got you to do, do that stuff. No, you know. Yeah, you do. I you get sent my credit card. Look, you get... Um, but to activate now. it, though, don't you have to put the nah, pin stuff? No, you activate it via an ATM. Oh, there you go. Look, no, I have to take documents in it, and I need to have a conversation. Some things you can't sort out over the phone. Have you heard of a telephone? No, I, it's not, not working. I have a problem with the bank's profits at the moment. Everyone's really struggling, but the bank's making record profits for a half-year profit. I'm like, well, hold on, calm it down, drop your fees. Hey, this is not your, this is not your chance to have a win. Can I just tell you something quickly? Because <laughs> yeah, it really it's not relates our turn, to not our turn. Sorry, it's not our turn. So, as you know, I've been doing the Game Changer series, right? And um, we have been filming inside the banks. Oh, yeah. But the banks have been closed because of COVID and the amount of irate people that yeah. come up to the window shouting expletives because they think the bank's open, but I it's was, not. I oh was no. one of them. See, the whole thing is, I went in there to change the document, and they said, I'm sorry, because of the levels. And I said, the levels have changed. We're down to orange. Everyone's adjusting. People are coming back to work. Where are you guys? And I think the first thing that really upset me was that I turned up at nine and the bank didn't open until ten. Oh, so, that's your oh, own fault. Oh, that is your own fault. But no, what kind of hours are those? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't think we've got time for traffic management. We'll do that next week. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Your day started with Coast's Feel Good Breakfast, Tony Street, Jason Reeves and Sam Wallace. Six till nine weekdays on iHeartRadio and all across New Zealand. Find your frequency at coastonline.co.nz.